0: Hello, I'm Simon and I'm Dan and this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article and we talk about what we find. Daniel, what are we talking about this week? This week, Simon,
1: we are talking about Speed Limiter.
0: Oh, yeah. Speed Limiter. Speed Limiter. Now is this a limiter. component?
1: It is a component.
0: Right. Okay, I wondered if this would be like a, uh, a sequel to Speed by Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> Um, It
1: is specifically something called a governor. Oh? Uh, A governor or a speed limiter or controller is a device used to measure and regulate the speed of a machine, such as an engine. And a speed limiter uh, is a specific kind of governor um, used to limit the top... Called a governor
0: in England, of course. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Um, used to limit the top speed of a vehicle.
0: Oh, so when you see like on the motorway, there'll be a a sign on a bus or something that will say this vehicle is limited to 60 miles an hour. Yes. It's it's one of those. Yes. Ah, cool.
1: Okay. For some classes of vehicles and in some jurisdictions, they are a statutory requirement. Uh, For some other vehicles, the manufacturer provides a non-statutory system which may be fixed or programmable by the driver.
0: So does it explain how that works? Because that's actually kind of interesting. Unusually for this podcast, that's actually kind of something I want to learn about. Yeah.
1: So statutory in the UK, it breaks this section down into mopeds, public service vehicles. So like you suggested with coaches and things and heavy goods vehicles. As far as how the mechanism works, I think I'd probably have to look up governor. Because
0: I'm just I'm just trying to think about like. You know, your vehicle is obviously keep monitoring its speed. It has a speedometer built into it. Yeah. But then, um, how does that information make its way to the governor? And does the governor just stop the accelerator from being depressed? Does it, like, at what point in the chain does it, you know, influence the motion, I guess? I mean, it's a good question, Simon. I've gone to governor now to try and get a bit more information as to how the
1: actual, or the, you know, the engineering behind this. Uh, And they've given me a classic example, apparently, uh, which is the centrifugal governor, uh, also known as the watt or flyball governor. um, (laughs) Flyball governor. On a reciprocating steam engine, which uses the effect of inertial force on rotating weights driven by the machine output shaft to regulate its speed by altering the input flow of steam. I see. Yeah, me too. A classic example, (laughs) apparently. I'm not entirely sure how classic that is. It then goes into, you know, cars, mopeds again, but it just sort of says why they do it as opposed to how they do it. Because, I mean, obviously it will come as no surprise that most cars won't be regulated by steam input. Um, Mm. But I can tell you that BMW, Audi, Volkswagen and Mercedes-Benz limit their production cars to 250 kilometres per hour, which is 155
0: miles per hour. Okay. That's interesting. So, so you know, above any kind of national stuff going on, you know, like legal stuff, they're just like, no, this is as fast as we think you should be driving this thing. <laughs> because that, I'm just trying to look up. There is a famous, because um, what you just said is what would be called in the biz, uh, techno babble, uh. Um, and you know, it it it's just meaningless. Well, no, no, no. The the words have meaning. Yes. But uh, they are combined in a way that just just is c- complete nonsense. Mm. And there is a famous example, I'm just trying to track it down, um, that's like, th- there was th- basically there was a guy, if I remember the story correctly, there was a presenter who would do all of these kind of technical demonstrations of selling you these technical products. And, uh, you know, didn't actually understand what any of these words meant, but, you know, was able to get in front of the camera and deliver a script and would just nail it every time. Mm. And he eventually wrote a a bit of techno babble um that became like its own famous meme um oh, i'm trying to find this now this is because i want to see if we can read oh here we go the turbo encab- encabulator that's the one let me see if i can get a text so we can both have a go at trying to read this <laughs> yeah oh, i found the okay. i found the wikipedia page for the uh, turbo encabulator yes so, shall I? Get, I'll give a go at reading the original quotation from the 1944 by. Oh, no, so it's, it's, uh, it's not the presenter thing. I think I must be thinking of something else. Mm. Um, so, the turbo encabulator, ladies and gentlemen. Fergus, can you put some appropriate technical bed music under this? This is Fergus, the editor. I don't really know what technical bed music means, so I improvised. The original machine had a base plate of prefabulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two main spurving bearings were in a direct line with the panometric fan. The latter consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzava- F- <laughs> I got that far, Ma- marzal veins. Six hydrocoptic marzal veins. So fitted to the ambifactant lunar weight enchant. <laughs> wow, this actually gets a lot more difficult the further in you get. Are you following along with it? I am, yes. The latter consisted simply of six hydrocopter masal veins, so fitted to the ambifascient lunar wainshamp that the side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal Lotus O deltoid type, placed in panendermic semi boloid slots in the stator, every seventh conductor being conducted by a non reversible tremi pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the grammeters. Very good. Bravo. That is hard. That is actually really hard to yeah. do. <laughs> means nothing for people no, at absolutely. home is just complete rubbish that's great though. I love stuff like this though yeah well it's 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 in jokes within a, a particular field right because this is saying it's a it, the techno babble description is an in joke amongst engineers mm. like de- I, I, I remember i was talking to Medlife crisis rohan dr rohan francis once and he was like i find beef and like drama from within niche stuff and in jokes like this the most fascinating thing so like when i mentioned on twitter that like the classic you know basses and baritones hate tenors and they think they're prima donnas and like that is something that's very obvious to singers but if Mm. you're not a singer there's no reason for you to know that you know yeah exactly are there law are there legal based in jokes that you're aware of
1: oh there's quite yeah there's quite this i mean there's lots of law student jokes, you know, so um, mm. one was uh, one was put up the other day. Somebody somebody found a snail near near a bottle of beer that they were drinking. And there's a famous uh, there's a famous case. Um, I think it's is it Donahue versus Stevenson or something. Yeah, let me find uh, don't ask me. I, I, I'm not helping you with this one. Let me let me hang on, let me find it. Here we go. Donoghue versus Stevenson was a landmark court decision in Scots dialect law and English taught law by the House of Lords. It laid the foundation of the modern law of negligence, establishing general pr- principles of duty of care, which is a massive thing when you're when you're trying to press charges for negligence. You've got to establish that there's been a breach of duty and, and blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, but it's I'm trying to find a wretched date for it. Nin- yeah, it was decided in 1932 and it is still the sort of.
0: The date! Give me the wretched date! <laughs> Party crouch. <laughs> junior. The eighth of June
1: <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of sort of little joke things. But I mean it's similar to the choral world of Howls Colreg, he's fine, how are you? You
0: know? Yeah, classic. I can't absolute, not say it. Absolute classic. It's almost a Pavlovian response at this point. For for those of you who are perhaps confused by that at home, Howells, uh was it Ed, what's his first name? Herbert, Herbert, Herbert Howells. Yeah. Um, was a, a, a choral composer, and he uh, composed several bits of music for the church, including the Collegium Regale, meaning the King's College um, service. But you abbreviate that to Howls Col Reg, but it just sounds like oh Howls how's, how's Col Reg. Oh, he's fine. Yeah, it's uh, it never gets old. Never gets old. <laughs> there was a subreddit I found the other day that was um, like. Oh, what's it called it was like niche drama or something and it or like um oh this is really gonna bug me now there was basically this this whole subreddit that was just about this it was about like um really niche specific bits of like or hobbyist drama and i read like a long story about the uh the people who maintain fighter planes on u.s ca- uh, car- carriers um there was like a piece that went missing on one of the planes but nobody knew what it did mm. and they went on like a global hunt they talked to every single engineer who could possibly know about it oh, right. um, and eventually they found out that it did nothing and it was a completely redundant piece but like there was there, there was this you know global effort to try and work out what the hell this tiny little like spring loaded little thing on the cockpit did and mm. it turns out absolutely nothing i'll see if i can see if i can find this sub- i love discovering new subreddits like this like are you a redditor do you use it much
1: i don't i don't really every now and then i go on usually because i'm trying to look up something and an answer might be on reddit but i don't sort of use it in its own right mm. if you know what i mean
0: i mean i basically use it for i mean i i have it on my phone for it's a classic bathroom app you go on and you're like, right, this is some me time. Let me have five minutes here, and I'm just going to waste my life on Reddit for five minutes. Um, That's interesting like,
1: I, because I, I'll, I'll let I'll let you finish, but I have now I I have a new bathroom app that I'm enjoying quite a lot. But, but go but go on, you know, keep keep.
0: Uh, I mean, I was I was just going to say that i uh, like I basically use it uh, other than that to keep up with what's happening in the Warhammer community because there are a lot of very. Um, uh, active subreddits and it's and it's good for memes and stuff but it's also like keeping up with the news and how games workshop has messed up yet again recently mm. um all, all that kind of stuff but sorry go on I'm interested to hear about your um <laughs> your new bathroom app
1: <laughs> um yeah so the new bathroom app that I have is um I ventured into stardew valley
0: oh my god dan mm. <laughs> oh no
1: I've probably played i don't know maybe I literally only open it when i'm when i'm going to the bathroom so i've probably played like i don't know 40 minutes of it in the last week or something Mm -hmm. um but it's just very chill it's very nice um i've got a new phone because my my old iphone 10 was um on its last legs really so i've got a 12 pro now which is very nice Mm. and slightly bigger and much faster and uh i must say I'm really enjoying Stargy Valley. It's good. I mean that's we're getting dangerously close to Critic's Corner. I appreciate with saying that. Maybe I need to tie things back to um what was it? Speed limiter. Oh yeah, that's what we
0: were meant to be talking. <laughs> I totally forgot. That was what we were meant to be talking about. Yeah. Um okay. We'll we'll park that. We'll put a pin in it to use a, a Dan Morism. Oh, indeed. Um, yeah. Um, we'll come back to that in Critics' Corner. So yes, yeah, sorry, go on. You were uh, you tell me more about how you limit the speed of vehicles. Well, the the
1: article itself only really goes into great detail um, in between statutory and non-statutory um, limitations. So as I mentioned, um, some European, so Citroen, BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Peugeot, Renault, Tesla, as well as some Ford and Nissan car and van models have driver-controlled speed limiters fitted. Um, uh, which are which are either fitted or available as an optional sort of accessory, um, but as you mentioned, things like um, coaches or buses in the UK are limited to either sixty-five or um, sixty-five miles per hour or one hundred kilometers per hour, depending on their age. Heavy goods vehicles have a mandatory sixty. Um, so whenever you're on the sort of dual carriageway or motorway, that's why they're always in the left-hand lane um, because they literally right. can't okay. go any faster. <laughs> And then there's a lot of information on mopeds.
0: Mopeds? Oh!
1: Yeah, because... So it says here, the legal definition of a moped in the United Kingdom was revised in 1977 to include a maximum speed, uh, design speed of 30 miles per hour. This was further revised uh, to 50 kilometres per hour, which is 31 miles per hour, in the 1990s, then 45 kilometres an hour, 28 miles per hour, in the late 2000s, to fall in line with Unified European Union licensing regulations. To comply oh what's this? So it says to comply with this, mopeds typically include some method of onboard speed restriction to prevent the machine exceeding the prescribed speed on a flat road in still air with a rider of standard height and weight. This is classic law, isn't it? Wow, is incredibly specific. Early restriction methods could be defeated by simple physical modifications, e.g., cutting out the restriction plate. <laughs> Brilliant they were like damn we didn't think this through (laughs) modern electronic limiters are at the very least require replacing the friction rollers in a scooter's cvt or even changing wheel size and or reprogramming the engine management system all in an effort to fool the sensors into detecting a lower than actual road speed oh interesting yes of course yes if you do change the wheel size even by some small margin it will detect a lower speed yeah Because the RPM will will change, won't it? Or rather how it measures. So this
0: is interesting because when I... I, Was I 17? I was 17. I did did motorbike training, which is exactly the same training that you do for a moped. And I remember when I was researching, you know, what what practically could I get, um, that actually they do get really into the nitty gritty when it comes to moped and bike stuff and one of the key things is on a moped you can you can buy and ride a moped at the age of 16 Mm. whereas with a motorbike you had to be 17 but with that comes the speed restriction so i actually do remember this and it also ah i bet you i have something similar in my electric bike yeah you must have because the way that the electric bike works well my type of electric bike is that when you get to 25 kilometers per hour it will stop assisting you it will explode (laughs) <laughs> so it's like the, it's the opposite of the movie speed it's yes. the speed limiter yeah <laughs> fantastic
1: <laughs> brilliant imagine if it actually did and just uh warning to new users if you do exceed the limit, uh, exceed the speed limit um your bicycle will explode
0: you're just looking down like sweat beading on your forehead as you're going down a hill yeah riding to, the brakes trying to
1: yeah just keep tapping the brakes come on come on
0: i hit uh whilst i was going down because for people who haven't seen i've done a video on why do, i just looked at my webcam as if this was a a, a stream that's that's force of habit of um basically i i did this video on why i got an e-bike and how i think it's actually they're great um and the main reason is that bath where i live is incredibly hilly and i was going down a hill to get into the center because i live sort of on the edge mm. um and uh basically I clocked sixty-five kilometers per hour. Grief going down the going down the hill on my bike, uh, which was uh, actually surprisingly didn't even feel that dangerous. What, if I'm well, sixty-five honest. kilometers per hour in old money. I want to say it's a bit below forty. No, it's pretty much bang on forty miles per hour. I'm going to say if you want to whack that into Google,
1: I want to see. So you would likely have been mass. You would been. You'd have been at least ten miles over the light. The the probable speed limit on the road that you were on, possibly, because most roads, most ro- if you know, the classic rule is sort of if you, if it's lampposts and no reminders, you're in a thirty zone. Yeah, unless it's stated otherwise. Um,
0: uh, let me just have a quick look. I want to see. Did I technically break the law? Uh, um, uh, I, I, I mean, I assume you're the you're the lawyer here. I assume that um, you know bikes also have to obey by the speed limit technically. Yeah, I, I assume so as well. I've never actually looked. I don't think it normally comes into consideration.
1: Do. You- Bicycles. Generally speaking, on normal public highways, the speed limits do not apply to. Oh, yeah, but that's because they won't be able to travel at 60 or 70
0: miles per hour. I'm literally going to have to go on Google Street View and try and find a speed sign. Nope, that's telling me there's a school there. That just means there's bonus points if you hit something. That's the joke. For lawyers listening to the podcast, that was a joke. I don't actually hit children with my bike, nor do I attempt to.
1: This is interesting. So. Rule 123 of the Highway Code includes a table that sets out the speed limits for various types of vehicle on various categories of road. The table does not include bicycles. The statutory law behind Uh. uh, speed limits um, read like... So here we go. Speed limits listed in the Road Traffic Regulation Act 1984. um, It shall not be lawful for a person to drive a motor vehicle on a restricted road at a speed exceeding 30 miles per hour. A person who drives a motor vehicle on a road at a speed exceeding a limit imposed by or under any enactment to which this section applies shall be guilty of an offence. As such, cyclists who breach the speed limit may not be prosecuted for for a speeding offence, but they can, however, be prosecuted for cycling furiously or wanton and furious cycling. Yeah, and, and that includes being drunk at the wheel. Well, the handlebars. Wanton and furious cycling is the closest offence to dangerous driving that a cyclist can be charged with, although it can only ever be used when the circumstances of a cycling accident involve someone suffering serious injury or death as a result of the cyclist's actions.
0: Uh, So the speed limit on that road was in fact 30 miles an hour. I can verify that now. Brilliant. So technically, breaking the law, breaking the law... don't do that at home, kids. Well, uh, make as sure we just you established, t-
1: test your brakes. <laughs> as, as, we, as we just established, you you're not breaking
0: the law. Uh, yes, sorry, I I, I because was you, not. Yeah, you you because you wouldn't be. But, ah, but you say that it was a motor vehicle, but my bike does have a motor. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. So is it that I? I don't actually know if like how all that fits in with. I suppose it then has you to know. have to look up as to whether is an electric bike a motor vehicle
1: classed as a motor vehicle. As long as your electric bike complies with the restrictions listed above, you do not need to register the bike as you would a motor vehicle. Oh then,
0: so no, so you wouldn't have been breaking the law. Okay, whew! was worried for a second then. Interesting. Look, we're learning stuff. Grief. Le- I'm learning, Super Nintendo Charmers. Um. <laughs> oh, God, I hate myself sometimes. Wow. Right, okay. Um, so... We we probably we've like if this Wikipedia article was an orange, Dan, we've juiced it for all of the content we can. I think. I think so too. Um, that means that we are now going to be talking about your choral piece of the week,
1: and this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please.
0: Did that sound professional? I was trying to make it sound almost like a professional podcast. I think it sounded sounded very, very professional. It's almost like we have a big episode coming up soon and, you know, we're just... (laughs) We're we're trying to lead up to it.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think there's a big episode coming at all, is there? So it's not like we have a really special guest that was fantastic and wonderful to talk to. And in fact, several wonderful guests.
0: I mean, well, I mean, the fact that Hugo was able to clone himself several times.
1: I mean, it's a wonder. It's a real wonder.
0: But uh, yeah, that's not happening. So that's actually, <laughs> if you think that the WikiCast can actually pull something off that's like impressive in any way, I've got I've got a bridge to sell you. Um, yeah, that's not us, fam. <laughs> that's definitely not this podcast. Anyway, coral piece of the week, Dan. My
1: my coral piece of the week, my coral piece of the week is it's a sort of complicated one because it is it is a coral piece and it's just the one piece. Right. Um, however, I. I can't show you a copy of it, and I can't show you. I can't lead you to a recording of it, um, because neither. There's no recording of it yet, and 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 here's the here's the rub. Right. So my choral piece of the week is a setting of the "A Spotless Rose" text. Lovely. So you'll be you'll be most familiar with that with likely Paul Neeler.
0: Mm-hmm. and Howells,
1: and and Howells, of course, of course. Um, this particular uh, arrangement has been has been written by a chap called Aaron King, who I don't know, but would love to meet. And I think, as far as I'm aware, he is... I think he read music at Oxford and did. He done, he's written lots of stuff. But anyway, uh, weeks ago, I was talking about how I was down in Truro singing with a choir and then was in Oxford singing with a choir because uh, we were recording a Christmas CD that's going to be released this year, which is very exciting. Yes, um, yeah well, one of the pieces that's going to be on this CD is his setting of A Spotless Rose, and it's absolutely staggeringly beautiful. Um, oh, lovely. It's really, really sort of harmonically interesting and sort of moves around um, quite a bit, uh, but I just absolutely adore it, and that's a brilliant, brilliant moment where um, full choir texture suddenly changes to just divisi tenors and basses um, on, hmm. on, on the text, and... Um, the rose which I am singing, um, where from Isaiah said, I think is the is the text. Um, but it, it it makes me well up every time. Not only I sang it, but also listening back to it. And the listening back has been very exciting because we're getting to our the very very latest sort of final stages of post production on the uh, on the album before it gets sent off to publishers, um, oh. which is super super exciting so I've been listening back and I think it's going to be a really amazing disc and rest assured when it does when it is sort of released and things i I probably won't shut up about it
0: yeah we'll, um, we'll not hear
1: the end of it <laughs> no but um, when it is released I will then also be able to provide a link to uh this setting of a spotless rose because it's beautiful but I'm afraid I can't do that now so you're just going to have to wait. Um, but it's theatre uh, of
0: the mind, people. We've exactly. just got to imagine it. Yeah. Just 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 trust Dan, it is beautiful. But
1: it's uh, yeah, it's 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 just absolutely gorgeous. So that's A Spotless Rose by Aaron King, and you will hear it at some point, that I can assure you.
0: Oh, okay. Well, there we go. That's. The, I'm, I'm. I'm looking forward to hearing that because I do, as you say, it's a lovely text and mm. it has been done beautifully in the past. So I'm excited to hear a new, a new version of it, potentially a new favourite. Well, thank you for that one, Dan. That was very nice. My pleasure. That leads us on to the next section, however. <laughs> Stargy Valley, Dan. Talk, talk me through oh, it. Why, why should I download this video game? It's, well, I mean, it's harmless.
1: It's very relaxing. It's, it's good, wholesome fun. Uh, I haven't really done anything in it yet, except with except for sort of like clearing weeds and rocks and things. And I think I've got a quest to go into town and talk to people. Um, mm. But it's just, it's very wholesome. It's, and it's, a, you know, it's an award-winning RPG, um, yeah, and I think that it's it's done in a sort of pixel art sort of style. I, uh, it's probably a better way of describing it, really. But um, it's very attractive looking, um, mm. and there's lovely music, and it's all very sort of lovely and and pretty and and relaxing. So um, yeah, as I say, I haven't really done anything in the game yet properly, as far as playing through the story. Um, but it's uh, it's great. I am currently growing what can i i think i'm growing turnips
0: Right. I it's mean, a simple life it ain't much it's, but it's it's honest no. work
1: i used to be massively into farmville though so i think i'm sort of getting like an old
0: farmville Did kick. You? i really loved farmville yeah big time because i was my my jam was um for, for the middle of that initial burst of the pandemic was um uh, animal crossing Which in my, I know that they are different games, and that yours is explicitly about farming. um, But in my head, they are really quite similar. I don't know if you've Mm. played any Animal Crossing games.
1: No, I've seen a lot of playthroughs of it. I used to watch Simon um, on his Twitch when he was playing it. Um,
0: Oh yeah, he used to play a lot of Lane
1: Honeydew. Yeah. Um, But I haven't. I I have never played it myself, and I don't think I really want to. I don't think it's really my. I can watch somebody, but I'm like this. I remember having this conversation with you i i really love watching people play games i'm i'm very mm. very happy not to actually play the game myself um because i like the sort of the story and the spectacle and being able to just sit back and and watch somebody do a playthrough of a, of a game that i really want to play um mm. i'm quite happy doing that and it saves me money because i don't need to go and buy the game <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the analogy I always make is it's like being a, a sleepover, and you're watching your friend. It's their turn on the console, yeah. Because you, know, exactly. you don't have enough cons, you don't have enough controllers for everyone, so you've got to take turns. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I totally get it. I, to- I totally get that. But I mean, that's interesting because, again, perhaps somewhat ignorant position, but to me, they are very similar games. Mm. Um. I think it's. I think they are similar.
1: I think that's that's perfectly sort of acceptable. I suppose it's more. I don't know. Well, like I mean, I can't, I can't really go into the finer points of Stardew Valley because I've heard lots of great things and I've seen people play it, and it gets quite sort of exciting. And as far as the the story and RPG aspect goes, it, it, I think it's it's more that than than like planting and growing things and running the farm. That's sort of a thing to sort of waste time in mm. and and tap about, you know, keeping you sort of engaged and probably psychologically tapping into some sort of gratification endorphin reward system thing which is probably what keeps you in the game um but other stuff it's it's so much more sort of story forward and story led as far as i'm aware
0: yeah like it's i mean that is similar to animal crossing in the sense that you you have like villagers that you interact with and you can develop relationships with them and stuff like that i think (laughs) it's been a long time since i played this like i very much had a kick of using my switch um during the, the yeah that initial burst of the pandemic and it was particularly when i actually had covid and i was just trapped upstairs in our house on my own. Um, Like, I played a lot of Animal Crossing. I played a fair bit of the new Pokemon. Like, Pokemon... Which one did I get? Shield, I think. Um, And, like, uh, it's actually been a while since I've sat down and played video games on a Switch. Like, I've played a bit on the PC. Like, I played some Humankind. I've been playing some Slay the Spire, which I think we've talked about both of those games. Um, Which, I'm a bit... I'm a huge fan of Slay the Spire. I actually broke a rule that I had, which was that I would not download a game to my phone because i knew that i would get distracted yes by it um and i was convinced that you know if i were to to to, to download a game then that's it my productivity has just gone out of the window yeah and it actually hasn't been that bad but it, it's it's one of these games that i feel like you get a 30 minute burst of it and then you're like okay yeah i've had my fill you know this is this is enough for me
1: speaking of games i was going to ask you whether you have considered or have been approached By Raid Shadow Legends? By, no, by um, jumping on the New
0: World bandwagon. Ah, no, I I actually don't know very much about the game. I've seen it, uh, and I know that it's a 4X and it's similar to Civ and Humankind. Um, But I've not actually played it, and to be honest, I don't know why, but I just have very little interest in doing so. Can't really explain why.
1: It's It's the new big MMORPG, isn't it?
0: I was at an MMO. I thought it was a forex.
1: No, no, no. It's so so no, so New World is the is a big new MMO RPG um developed by Amazon Games Orange County and published by Amazon Amazon Games re- released on September 28th, 2021. So it's super super new and mm. everybody's playing it because on, you know, certainly in the sort of MMO world on Twitch, obviously World of Warcraft has been Deteriorating to such a ridiculous level now that basically this, you know, this the, the player base is negligible.
0: So when you say deteriorating, do you mean, do you mean the the player numbers are deteriorating, or, yes. or the game itself is? Deteriorating?
1: Well, the, I mean, okay. I think it's, I personally think both. Okay, I um, think the game isn't nearly as good as it used to be, and I think they've made some really stupid story decisions. And I kind of lost interest totally. That's why I played classic. I didn't play any of the new retail. Oh, game. you did? Yeah, I remember. Um, but yeah, uh, more and more people have just been leaving, and I think it's probably going to die a death. And it, I think it needs to. Um, as sad as that is so a load of people moved over to uh, Final Fantasy
0: yes and I've seen a lot of people because that's that
1: that's sort of really really taking people sort of by storm now especially with World of Warcraft sub numbers dropping but this new world thing looks good and actually if you were to sort of play any MMO or be interested in any sort of MMO I think this is exactly the kind of thing that you'd like
0: you you keep trying to lead me down this path, Dan. This <laughs> this path of of making me play MMOs, and I am continually scared that you will eventually win one day. And all of my product, I'll wake up several months from now, covered in Cheeto dust, surrounded by Mountain Dew, and be like, "Where's my wife? Oh wait, no. Oh god, that was all. That was all in the game. And you know, as and I would have lost months and months of my existence on Earth." <laughs> I don't think I have the willpower for it, Dan. I think you you clearly have stronger willpower than me. If you can play these games and not give in to them, I mean, I say this. I've no, I haven't played it, nor
1: nor. But no, nor, but you you played MMOs extensively, is what I mean. I've played I've played an MMO extensively, I suppose. Yeah, so I can understand the when you're bitten by the bug. Um, but I just mean sort of objectively as far as how the what you know the game's story and what it's about and what you can actually do. You know, it's it's not sort of. It's not high fantasy, particularly in any sense. You know, there's, there's a lot mm. of sort of engineering and crafting and things that you can do as opposed to just sort of waving a magic wand around and poncing about everywhere in robes, <laughs> which, I, <laughs> which I love and do on a semi-regular basis. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think it's interesting. I, I think it'd be cool for you to sort of at least have a look at and consider. Not to mention the fact that you'll probably get great Twitch um,
0: stats for it everyone wants to watch. Quite possibly. Yeah. Uh here's here's a question for you. Mm. If based on what you just said. Yes. If um Harry Potter larping were a thing. Mm. Do you think you would do Yes. It? <laughs> <laughs> of course
1: I would. Of course I would.
0: Okay, take me through your larp character. Who would you, what would you play as? My name would be Harry Potter. No. <laughs> my my... <laughs>
1: It's interesting because there is a there's a game coming out. It's a Harry Potter game. I think it's due to re- release at the end of this year or maybe early next year. And there's so much hype about it.
0: Oh, I think I remember this. Yeah. Let me find. Can you be a Turf character in the game? Can I be a Turf character? Yeah, seeing as you know, authorial voice and all that, I was just wondering. Yeah, oh, I see. You know... I see. Because that's the thing. I I, like this is the whole death of the author thing. But like, I enjoyed reading the books so much, and the films. Some of them are pretty good, and like, I have so many fond memories of it. But like, the way that J.K. Rowling has conducted herself and the beliefs that she has espoused subsequently Mm. has very much tainted the whole experience since. And like, if there were Harry Potter laughing or a game that came out, like, I would if I, if i were unaware of all the all the jkr stuff i would probably really enjoy it but now the, you're faced with this basic moral dilemma of if i do this is she, is am i actually implicitly supporting and you know those beliefs by giving her money you know
1: well it's interesting isn't it i remember years and years ago we had this conversation when we'd been to see a film about how you separate art and the artist do you remember what was
0: the what was the film
1: i can't i think we may have watched we went to see something in the cinema and it and the the sort of analogy I gave was me thinking that the film American Beauty is a perfect film, despite the fact that it obviously stars uh, Kevin Spacey, Spacey and the complications yes. that sort of arise around there. In my mind, it's it, it sort of it's sort of similar with, with J.K. Rowling's stuff. I absolutely do not agree with her comments that she's made, and it's awfully complicated. But in my mind, too, I can separate the the work that she's produced quite easily so much so in fact that even if you were to take away the you know the dreadful comments that she's made the the original seven books i adore mm. the stuff that's coming out now with Fantastic Beats, Beasts and Fantastic Beasts—that's Dwight Schrute's uh, <laughs> um, book. Um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and the sort of Ilvermony School of Magic, which is like the American one that sort of just kind of cropped out. And then all of this other stuff—I don't, I don't care for, to be honest. Um, I know it's canon,
0: I just don't care. I—I recognise the council has made a decision, but yeah. it's a stupid decision, so I'm yeah. ignoring it.
1: It's—it just doesn't interest me at all, so I can keep. I can keep my own childhood, love and memories of those books fairly intact. Um, and this, this game, it's called Hogwarts Legacy. Right. And it looks fantastic. Like it really seriously does look good. Um, and I will likely want to play it. However, no, it can be played on the PlayStation 4. That's fine. Not that I've ever, I can't remember the last time I turned it on. In China. That's
0: the, are, are we getting too old for video games? Is that, what, is that what's happening to us? I think we might be given that i
1: given the the game that i'm sort of playing uh, like i don't know 2 minutes of every day is Starchy valley <laughs> where i just pretend to have a, a simple life you know, there was a time where i'd get quite excited to watch watch a game of rocket league or something but now i'm like oh it's just a bit it's a bit loud it's too much <laughs> i can't do it
0: yeah, maybe we are, Maybe that's the problem. Maybe I mean, are you going grey yet, by any chance? Uh, yeah, i I find occasional grey hairs. Oh, no. Ah, oh, oh I was really expecting you to say no. Then I can't wait to go grey, though. I mean, I, I I like the fact that I'm going. What well, I think is salt and pepper hair, I think it's called. Like, I'm getting badger. it in the temples. <laughs> um, yeah, badger. It's it's you know you can use my hair as a brush in a pinch. Um, like I I, I quite like it. Um, mm. but like I I always imagine you as having this boyhood you know contin continually just just fresh-faced and you know don't look more than about 15 no it's, d- <laughs> until it's, not <laughs> you die.
1: it's not gonna it's not gonna last forever i mean i'm i'm trying not to think about the fact that it's my 25th birthday next year um, no which is mental really
0: yeah i'm not ready for that i don't know how, i can't imagine how you feel about it yeah it's uh it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing Bloody hell. Right, okay, before we get weirded out too much, we should probably actually thank the people that make this podcast possible. That's a good idea.
1: Top, lad! And that jingle can only mean one thing. It's that glorious time when we get to say an enormous thank you to those who support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash the wikicast. Simon, why is Patreon so important?
0: Patreon is so important to us because it means the show can exist... It means the show thinks and therefore is. Well, actually, I don't know. Can you say that the Wikicast thinks in any way, shape Mm, or form? I'm not sure. I might be pushing it a bit. So the Patreon basically pays for our hosting costs. It also pays for our wonderful editor, Fergus. Uh, And hopefully in the near future, we are going to be able to pay for the outrageous price of fuel um, Mm. that (laughs) will allow Dan to come and visit me and we can actually film some stuff, including hopefully some painting content, which I'm... Well, I mean, let's face it. It's basically drinking content with some paint thrown in. That, that, that's probably a truer representation. Um, so uh, thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. And if you do so, you can support at $1 a month or $5 a month, which we we basically don't ask for very much because this podcast isn't worth it and because we our costs are relatively small. So we are very appreciative of everybody who does so. If you do support at $5 a month, then uh, we will give you a shout out on the show because you can choose to be either a top cat or a top dog. Currently at 25 to 22, I believe we set down. That is correct. we started doing this that we have 25 25 top cats and 22 top dogs which is a bit too close for my liking we've got to make sure that the cats stay on top the true superior pet um well i would like to thank the top cats because they're obviously the best uh, and those lovely people are miko Cipolla, jerry moore Nathan Flaherty, Ultra Piggy, One Two Three, Violet Hatch, Abu El Ella, The Physics Boy, Simon P, Jack Easton, Izzy CC, Nafi Iftikar, Christopher Betterton, Dame Valerie III, Leila Medina, Oliver Craigie, Will Janis Humphreys, Rents Kirk, Oliver Burghart, Omar Miranda, Cole Mansfield, Princess Andromeda, Chuck Cat, Ben Dent, Isabella Ostrowski, Matt Maguire, and Daniel Hanvey.
1: And I would like to say an enormous thank you to the top dogs who are increasing in number every week. Um, and I I am excited to think that we may uh, surpass top cats. I'm sure we will. Um, a huge thank you to Eric Bolliger, Jay Wright, Ben McMurtry, Maggie, Peter Reed, Kodzo. Colin J. Brown, Alistair Fortune, Eve Sharples, Lexi at Front Desk, Hassi Hansen, Aaron Jorgensen, Henry VII, King of England and of France, Lord of Ireland, Naflarok, Adrian with an N, Chan, Aaron Carey Auguston, Ben Caples, Josh Shiaga, Elspeth, <laughs> Sam Harvey, the Everlasting Student, uh, Michael Gustafson, and Martin Narciso. Thank you so much. Sorry,
0: I, I do apologise for laughing at the name Shagger. I just which is not what I'm the name is. Sure. I just
1: heard it in my head. Josh, you must um you need to email in and and tell me if I'm absolutely butchering that. Uh I probably am. And even if you do email in, I might not change because it, it always <laughs> brings a smile to my face. Um but yeah, uh
0: do just let me know if uh, you'd like me to say say it properly. This is me and Bake Off, like the new series of Bake Off, um, which I've been loving, uh, and Jürgen is life. But there's an old woman on there who I call Mary. I know it's not her name. I just don't care enough to actually learn <laughs> her proper name. Yeah. So, I, can't, I I genuinely... Margaret? I think it does begin with an M, but she's Mary to me because I find her intensely annoying, just like that couple on Gogglebox. Um, so, <laughs> same... Yeah, you can email in. We might ignore it because we think our way of doing things is funnier. <laughs> top latin. and lastly that's definitely not how we start this <laughs>
1: and lastly we go to the segment that isn't last
0: the the anti-penultimate segment to quote michael graham um <laughs> we find ourselves in the anti-penultimate segment everybody uh the correspondence corner um it does is anti-penultimate uh, is, is that just garbled latin anti-penultimate Hang on. Is that actually.? Ca- oh, wow. It actually is in wider usage than just Michael. <laughs> I don't know why I doubted you, mate. Sorry. Um, We find ourselves in Correspondence Corner. We've got some emails here that we'd love to read to you because some people have very kindly emailed in at spongyelectric at gmail.com. Starting with Dan. Uh, Not you, the other one. No, not me. Well, one of the many. There are so many Dans in my life um, who has emailed in with The Wikicast and The Greatest Generation. A great combination. Mm -hmm. Dan and Simon, just wanted to drop a quick note of thanks for The Wikicast. I've been a long-time viewer of Simon's YouTube channel but only discovered the podcast within the last year It's kept me company on many walks and drives And being an American Provides me with a unique perspective Listening to something from across the pond Mm. By unique perspective What do you think Dan means? I think he's trying to be nice
1: And what what, what he means is Provides me with a nightmarish insight Into the minds of two British fools
0: (laughs) The apocalypse happened months ago here We are in our bunker periodically sending out these broadcasts pretending that the world is just going on as normal. Yeah. Um but we still got that free healthcare. Um so uh Dan goes on. I was listening a few months back and he mentioned that you had listeners from Alaska. <laughs> For God's sakes. This again and asked us to write in. I didn't at the time, but in a recent show I laughed out loud at Simon who went in who almost went to this old enterprise bit from the greatest generation. Another podcast at the top of my listening. Gosh. Now, when you're putting together an email to the Wikicast, you've got to use double (laughs) plywood. This is a bit that Dan won't understand because he has neither seen the show nor listened to The Greatest Generation. He's also not really listening either. (laughs) (laughs) If your podcast host is not listening, Starbot will do fine. Yeah. Dan continues. Uh, it was great to hear the crossover, as unintentional as it may have been. I've got to say that The Greatest Generation is the one podcast that I listen to religiously now. Um, really, I just, I just don't have the time for podcasts because I work from home. Um, I rarely need to do a dis, a, like I need to travel any kind of distance that merits a podcast. Like when I cycle to and from my parents mm. or to people in in Keinchen where they live. Um, like, I can get a podcast in on that journey because it's about 45 minutes. Sure. Um, So that's actually great. But, like, I don't do that frequently enough. No. So I I, I basically will listen to the greatest generation whilst I'm doing the washing up or whilst I'm doing something work-wise that doesn't require my attention. But there just aren't that many situations where I I listen to them. Whereas you drive a lot, like, don't you? If you're going to Buckfast Abbey, for example, like, I imagine that's probably Prime podcast.
1: Either Prime podcast or... Certainly, Radio Four. But
0: uh, yeah, I listen to I listen to a I listen to a lot of lot of podcasts. Because we wake up to Radio Four now. We've worked out that with our with our Google speakers, we yeah. can tell it to play Radio Four at a time in the morning. Yeah. Do you do you do it at a time in the morning that allows you, means that you can listen to the pips? Uh, so normally we get up at six forty five. Right. So you'd hear the pips so at you seven. do get the seven o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean I say that, I am semi-conscious. I feel like the pips now actually are actually my alarm clock. Because that's the moment you're like, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Up we get. <laughs> Here we go. Let's face another nightmare day in our bunker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you. Yeah, I, I'm so glad to hear that we've got some friends of DeSoto in the in the readership because I if people like Star Trek, I was actually recommending it to Tom Clark from the Oxcast the other day, because if you like our sense of humor. And if you're a nerd and you like Star Trek, I I just can't stress enough how much you would like The Greatest Generation. Um, Fine, if you if you don't if you're not l- watching the show at the moment, just pick an episode of Star Trek that you really like, and find the Greatest Generation episode that's been recorded about it, and just listen, and you'll you'll get it, you'll 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 know. Uh, but thank you thank you to Dan for the lovely email saying thanks again for the great content. Best wishes to both of you from The Last Frontier. Gosh. Lovely. Which it turns out we thought it was the edge of the kind of gamma quadrant, but it's not. It's actually Alaska. But uh, we actually have a, a, an Alaskan listener, Dan. That is the other big buried lead in this email. Other <laughs> than like those fake Alaskans that we got before. Ugh.
1: We've got an email here from Anne. Anne's email is titled, You guys saved my life and teeth. Oh, OK. It goes on. Uh, dear Doctor and Mrs. Dear Simon and Dan. <laughs> dear Clark and more. I like that I'm already incredibly sorry to be writing this email As I am highly sedated And initially was convinced Simon is called Sam (laughs) Oh yes
0: This is going to be gold
1: (laughs) But as you can already guess I really want to thank you for saving my life today
0: No 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 Dan I'm reading the text with you Can you please pronounce that as it's been written
1: (laughs) But as you can already guess I really really want to thank Yoz For savong my life today I was scheduled to get my wisdom teeth removed today. I was in panic. I hate... I was in panic. I love that. (laughs) I can't get out! (laughs) I hate syringes and I hate dentists. And this is the worst thing that could have happened to me as the doctor I had an appointment with didn't have an open spot to do it with anaesthesia. What? My gosh. So when Uh... I saw this morning that you had uploaded a new podcast, I knew it was fate. It was fate that made it possible to me... To be tortured and at the same time listen to your angelic voices, accompanied by the sounds of the drills and muffled screams.
0: What? So you're telling me that somebody underwent dental procedures, listening to this? I mean, <laughs> what? That's that's. Why would you make it worse for yourself? It gets
1: better. But our dark lord had something different in store for me. <laughs> the doctor spontaneously decided that it's not as severe as I initially thought. So he said, F- "This we'll do it in a year with anesthesia." Oh my god and i'm wholly convinced that this happened because of you guys the release of your new episode saved my life and my teeth you spared me of agony blessed be you forever and always Anne, aged 2021 20, minus 4000 plus 2000 minus 42 plus 21 years old
0: so they are 21
1: <laughs> <laughs> right p.s i'm really high on sedative you can't tell Anne. I'm really high on sedatives, so I probably won't even remember that I wrote this thing. I love your podcast so much. You are the best people ever. I hope you're happy and enjoy every day as much as you can. Thanks to doing this. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, I'm glad that your teeth are all
0: right. And um, I me. want to be Anne listening to this episode back yeah. and being like, what? <laughs> what? That's me. Yeah. What, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? I have no memory of this place. <laughs> that's fantastic, Anne. Thank you so much.
1: You have no power here, dentist with anesthesia. Dentist with anesthesia.
0: Dan, we have a very troubling email here. Okay. We are going to need to do an audio drama, Dan. Oh. Oh, no.
1: Not not again.
0: And unfortunately, we we, we actually are out of time in this recording session because you've got to dash. Mm. But let me tell you, folks. In episode 101 of the Wikicast, The Holopod, written by Alex, has been sent in in formatted LaTeX oh and there's a lot here and it's also (laughs) what
1: i'm just opening the pdf now
0: i'm I'm skimming it and there's some gold in here we're gonna have to dedicate like 20 minutes of the episode to this i cannot wait i cannot wait right well we can reveal this now but we have actually recorded the 100th episode of the show, the next episode we, of the we podcast. Have. And I did realise that in that episode, we never actually reflect on the fact that we'd recorded 100 episodes. I know, which is insane. Well, technically, this is our 100th episode, because, of course, the pilot was episode yeah, zero. Absolutely. So if you've listened to all of them, you've now listened to 100 episodes of this.
1: Which is remarkable. And you've listened to it over the period. I think it was as of June this year. we have been going for four years. So yeah, coming up to four and a half years of this absolute madness. But what a journey! I
0: remember when we, we said that we'd be doing this uh, weekly, and we've ended up with a hundred episodes in, in four, four years. La- four and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, um, we, we we take things at our own pace. I think that's fine. On, on average, every two weeks, I think, is a perfectly fine release schedule. Yeah, the operative the operative words there are on average. <laughs> Yes, exactly. We're really counting on the first half of that run to kind of bulk up the numbers. Yes, um, but uh, we, yeah, it, it's it's absolutely bananas that we've been doing this for four years. The the community of people that have built up around this, all the lovely people who email in, the people mm. who are on our, our Discord server, uh, you, you 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 our people are wonderful.
1: Yeah, you're 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 a, the community, and the po- well, the podcast is only as fun and as beautiful as the community around it. And yeah, you have all surpassed that with tremendous grace and it's an absolute privilege to be able to keep doing this so
0: honestly reading the emails at the ends of these episodes is one of my favorite parts of the week right? getting it, get it, getting a chance to hear the, the the fire hose of madness that comes from this community is wonderful yeah. and to you know we we don't really get a chance to say it in the next episode because of the nature of what we did mm. we're not criminals um, the 100th episode is just us committing a crime And then yeah. going on the run in real time <laughs> you, know that you know
1: that there's been a fuel crisis We've actually got all of it <laughs> <laughs> That's where it is so, We've just got it in lots of plastic bags Dotted around both mine and Simon's house It's a mess And in the, and in the
0: bunker And it really smells It smells so uh, bad, I'm getting a headache But basically, we don't have a chance to say it in the episode But we'd, I, I would certainly like to say thank you very much for listening and yeah, reading, routine. I should say, of course, uh, and uh, you make our lives richer for being here with us. So much as it's a silly podcast, thank you very much for spending yeah. your time on Earth listening to us. Witter on. Here's to you and your beautiful eyes. But in episode one hundred and one, I think we will have to dedicate a good chunk, maybe twenty minutes or so, to the Holopod by Absolutely. Alex. Absolutely. They've even done a custom logo for us. It's quite something. So it's wonderful. It's wonderful. You're going to have to wait for two episodes time for that, but that is coming. Holiday, Much like the holidays, the the holopod is coming.
1: Holopod is coming. Holopod
0: Holopod is coming. Holopod is coming. And it was written by Alex. (laughs) I tried. You did. You did try. Well, Dan, what have we learned
1: about today? Today, Simon, we learned about speed limiter. Ah, yes. That thing, which is a governor used to limit the top speed of a vehicle.
0: Which I may well have on my electric bike, which is quite, quite actually cool to have, finally have... Is this the first time we've had an article where we've actually had like a physical example that one of us owns of I the thing? might be. We've never owned a Suleiman the Magnificent, for example. No. Um, I mean, we, ha- we both presumably own Chair... But not the
1: sculpture. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay, yeah. The sculpture. That's true. We don't know the sculpture. I forgot about chair. Yeah.
1: That was chair, not C-H-E-R.
0: Uh, oh, if only. Um, <laughs> I can't but, believe
1: um, that it worked.
0: So uh, we, we, we talked about that, and Dan talked about his newfound passion for Stardew Valley, which Ooh. is, you know, going to be coming to a Twitch stream near you. Absolutely. Never. Yeah, never. Never. And a, an Simon inter- has
1: same um, Simon's made a public promise to give New World a try the MMORPG Wait, that's taking Did I try did I no, no, say no, that no, no you did you did let's just pretend you did um, so that's going to be coming to Twitch so you'll be able to catch that on Thursday nights for 4 hours <laughs> um, he's going to have an absolutely brilliant time doing it and I might drop in and just see how he's going and as a as a seasoned MMO RPG veteran I think we can all look forward to something really spectacular
0: uh, Your heart bar management is trash please delete the game from your system <laughs> Exactly. That's, that's what Dan sounds like when he's gaming. It is. That's what I sound like like most of the time. And then we also had an interesting pick of Choral Piece of the Week which we could neither play you and you cannot hear either because no. it, the recording's not available yet. Completely, so just, completely pointless trust Choral us. Piece of
1: the Week but you will find out eventually but that's um, A Spotless Rose by Aaron King. And
0: that's all for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. Join the Discord and if you'd like to see our faces check out our YouTube channel Spongy and Electric.
1: MMO recommendations, hobby drama and in-jokes and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com
0: We'd love to hear from you. Join us Again, for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole, and we'll see, see you, you next time. time. Levels, levels, levels. Ah, yeah, okay.